She's smart, she's sexy, she's confident. Of course, we have to talk to her. Don't call her a princess, call her the boss. Welcome to part one of our interview that will make you question everything you know about Bravo and reality TV. Today, we're joined by one of the most talked about RHOC alums in Bravo history. She tells all, pulling back the Orange County curtain on what life was really like during her five seasons as a housewife. I'm your host, Spencer. I'm your host, Lexi, and please welcome the iconic Gretchen Christine Rossi. Hello, this is Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Welcome to our show. Thank you. My name is Spencer, and I'm here with my host, Lexi. Hi, it's so good to speak to you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you guys are so sweet. Nice to meet you, too. We're, you know what? We're, like, really cool and calm and collected, and you are like one of our favorites, and it's it's throwing us off a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's go. So I want to know how how has your family been handling the pandemic? How have you guys been doing? Oh man, you know it's funny because um, we were you know at first it was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> And do nothing. Yeah. Not go to the gym. Exactly. And then about a month in, I was like, oh my God, somebody kill me. (laughs) I'm I'm done. Like, I I can't do it anymore. Let's get it over with. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was one of those things where you don't even realize how, how social you are or how important it is to, like, your mental um, health. Yeah outside and be doing things and interacting with other people like you don't really realize until it's taken away from you and that was you know that was hard and we I mean we stuck by the rules for months and months and months and months and didn't do yeah Blade was really strict and was like I don't even want you guys going to the grocery store so he did all of the shopping he did everything Aww. like we were freaked out because we had this you know at the time she was only like I don't know seven or eight months something like that yeah I was just, and he was just like, I, we were freaked out. So we didn't, I didn't get to do anything. <laughs> so Slade, Slade became like Mr. Mom. Love he had, that. He really stepped up. That's awesome. That's yeah, amazing. he did. He just went and did all the grocery shopping. He went to Target. He would buy the diapers. He would buy the tampons. He would, he would, yeah. bless his heart. Um, he had to go do it all. And, um, and he just really, but he was doing it because he just wanted to protect us. Yeah. And, make sure we and then I was one of those crazy moms you guys where <laughs> i wouldn't allow anything in the house and everything that lysol yeah yeah like crazy lysol it down outside like all of the stuff and then everything that came in all the groceries i would spend no joke an hour scrubbing everything down like it was so bad. yeah because totally you, you don't know it's i mean i know that for me i i went to the grocery store last week for like the first time in six months and I was on the way and I was listening to music and I was excited and I was going places and I walked in and I was like six months ago I would have been like I have to go to the grocery store and now it's like it's an event like to go anywhere it's like (laughs) I did I was like I'm gonna go get some ice cream I got all dressed up and I was like I'm here I did it it yeah I can't handle it I so know you but okay wait do you have some 
to not have to go to the grocery store for six months? Yes and no. I've been doing a lot of, um, like, I've ordered a lot of food, like, online, like, to come to me. Have you done that, yeah. Lexi? Um, a little bit, but my my dad usually is the one that does the shopping, and he'll usually take, like, one of, like, either me or one of my siblings yeah. um, to go with, so that's kind of just how he was doing it. I'm a natural homebody anyway, so give me an excuse not to go out, and I'll be like, well, it's COVID, you know, I can't go out. Oh, no. You know, I have to relax a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the very extroverted one between the two of us, so I was oh, the yeah. one who was just dying internally the whole time, kind of like Wait, how you were saying. Um, we have known each other since third grade. And so, oh so last year we were like, let's do a podcast and let's talk to all the coolest celebrities we can find. And a year later, here we are. <laughs> and I love that you guys just go after like what you want, your dreams. You're just making it happen. I love that. I'd love to see that. Well, we, thank you. Thank we you, took thank a you. little inspiration from you because you are Miss Entrepreneur. Oh. Thank you. You know what? I worked my butt off. That's for sure. I think a lot of people from the show, they literally just thought I like sat or, sit around and eat bonbons all day or something, or like <laughs> that I have a tree up back that just grows, you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny to me. Like people are just like, I don't know what their perception, you know, was or why they got that, but then, <laughs> then when they actually showed who I really was, yeah. people don't know this story, but you know, when I had met Jeff, I was a very successful real estate agent. I was actually in the top 7% internationally for Coldwell Banker, which was one of the largest firms in the world. Mm -hmm. And I was um, a top selling agent. And, you know, that means you have to bring in, you know, millions and millions of dollars of sales to get in that top 7% worldwide. And, you know, I, I worked probably no joke. I'm not lying when I say this right now, close to anywhere between 70 and 80 hours a week. Wow. Because I would work seven days a week. I mean, I was hardcore. And a lot of people don't know this, but by age 26, I was already, you know, I was doing very well for myself. Let me put it that. Yeah. I was doing very well for myself. So I was able to buy my own home. I was able to buy all the cars. I don't think you saw me driving. You know, I had yeah. two, two Mercedes and I had the same as that car, one in black and one in white, because I got to decide what I wanted to wear yeah. with my outfit today, the drive for, that matched my outfit of the day, like literally. Yeah. And so when I came on to Housewives, you know, little naive, you know, 31-year-old. Sure. Imagine, yeah. Um, on the show with Jeff, and, and just not realizing that they were going to try and make me look like I was like this gold digger, and that, you know, I was only with Jeff for money, and it was a really, it really bummed me out, because... You know, I was, I've always been an entrepreneur. I come from a home and a family that is yeah. entrepreneurs. And, you know, my success and my work ethic means a lot to me. I take a lot of pride in that. Um, and, yes, did I happen to fall in love and get engaged to a man that was well off, too? Yes, but we had something in common. We were both entrepreneurs. So. Yeah. <laughs> and there's think... something that nobody should ever discredit you for, and that is your work ethic, 100%. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think that you are one of the more misunderstood housewives because I think a lot of people saw you come on the show with your bleach blonde hair, skinny, skinny, skinny. Like you had your own house, skinny, skinny, skinny. (laughs) And you know, I, I, I've never seen you on the show. I've never seen you tell a lie. I've never seen you untrue. Like you, I, I don't think you're untruthful. I think that maybe it was like, well, here's this, 
really successful person and now she has her own house and people just didn't expect that and it was it was refreshing yeah. but i think that you really had to break a lot of barriers in that sense to change well, I, did. I did and i appreciate that thank you but again like you know it was sad for me because when i when i signed up for the show i mean a lot of people don't know the story but what ended up happening was slate smiley actually yeah <laughs> was the one that introduced me to um producers and i literally the night that he we were at a mutual party he was with joe i was there with friends and he's like hey um, casting's looking for somebody to um, replace me and Joe, and I think you and Jeff would be great. He knew Jeff; we were friends. Everybody's friends, and I was oh. like, "Absolutely not!" Like you're smoking crack. I would never do that show. <laughs> like I was so against it. And it was because I had been asked to be part of like Hollywood and all that stuff my whole life, and I yeah. just stayed far away from it. So, anyways, long story short, I come home and I tell Jeff. And just at this time, you got to remember, every day was about hospitals and doctors yeah. and cancer. Every day was just just a lot of crap. And he was like, Gretchen, why not? He's like, I think this would be really fun for us. And we'll give, you know, I, it will make me have a reason to have to travel or do something. And I have to tell my doctor, sorry, it's part of Gretchen's job now. <laughs> it's funny about it because he was the one that really pushed and encouraged me to do the show. That's and, funny. Um, and he knew I always wanted to be in the fashion and, you know, beauty business. And he's like, I think this could be a great platform for that. Yeah. So I went into it very naive. And I went into it going, okay, I guess maybe this could be fun. You know, I hang out with some girls. We drink some champagne. We go on some <laughs> How fun, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea that, you know, this was like an adult version of Mean Girls. And, <laughs> you know, that I was going to get, you know, my ass for just being me, you know? And so when I came on to the show and these girls just wanted to make me out to be someone I wasn't, it was a very difficult upward battle of yeah. like, you know, as the saying goes, you know, uh, what does what the saying goes? Uh, shaking hands and kissing babies the whole time. Like, meaning, yep. like you have, you have to, it's like you have to literally be like, no, that's not really who I am. This is who I am. And it wasn't until I left the show and people that continued to follow me and see my true heart, and and now it was the correct narrative, not the narrative of the network or the narrative of you know a salacious TV show or the narrative of these other women that hated me. Yeah. When people mm-hmm. actually got to see the real me, people are like, "Wow, you're like really a great person, and you actually have a good heart, and you actually you know are a family person, like all this stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, but the thing is that I've, I've always been that." Yeah. I've always been that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How do so, you? So how do you wish that? I guess to kind of just add on to that, how do you wish that you would have been portrayed on the show then? Well, I mean, I just wish that my reality was really portrayed. Yeah. Like what my, what my reality was, was what it was. Yes. Was I dating an older man? Yes. Was I unaware that people had opinions of that? No, I'm not naive to that degree. I understand that. But I just really wanted people to get to know me and, and I wanted them to show, you know, that I was actually a truly very successful real estate agent yeah you know six years of age I I, I was a millionaire you and made it yeah made my own money so I didn't need Jeff's money and quite honestly that's the reason that Jeff liked me I think because he was so used to women being in awe of him because of you know what he could do and what yeah. he could do for them. you know we didn't get to talk to him enough um on the show or really get to hear that side of him but you know, he has some funny stories of him when he was smitten with me and when he was yeah. trying to, you know, get me to, to be interested in him or date him. And he would, you know, try and show off with all the stuff. And I'd be like, that is like so lame. Like, yeah. I'm so <laughs> not even impressed with you right now. Or he, we go out and 
he'd want to buy dinner. I'd be like, no, I can buy my own dinner. And he's like, but wait, no, I don't think I want to buy dinner. And like, he tried to give me a piece of jewelry once, and I declined it, and I gave it back to him. And he's just like, what is your problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think... so it's just really funny stories like that because I just, that wasn't, that wasn't what mattered to me. And I just happened to fall in love with a man that was older than me. And But it took, I don't know, a year of him smitten and trying to, like, you know, get me to actually yeah. date and through that process, we got to know each other, and we really just fell in love with each other and our personalities. And he was a huge mentor to me, and he helped me through a lot of business stuff in my life. And, um, you know, I just, I I value my time with him so much. And he is the true reason, I believe, that I have been able to be in such a long-term successful relationship with someone like Slade. Because if it wasn't for Jeff, I don't think I would have ever truly understood what it meant to be loved by a man properly. Wow. wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, so beautiful. until that, that when Slade came along, because Slade and I, 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 if you guys don't know this, we've known each other for 21 years. And so I didn't know we that. Dating, we had known each other for 10 years prior. And like, if I ever dated him back then, it would have never worked. Mm -hmm. a, I yeah. Have, I wouldn't have been able to realize what a great guy he was. And B, you know, Slate says it too. He's like, I don't think I would have been at a place where I would have been ready for someone as, as good as you. So it, it's all about timing. It's all about, you know, yeah, is in your life to get to the point of where you're at. So when you say that, I just wish that they had shown, you know, truly the connectivity and, and the, the relationship between um, Jeff and I, and they, that they had shown that the real side, school, you know, real estate agent and, you know, you know what I mean? I yeah. just had shown a little bit more of my truth and not this salacious story of like, oh, Gretchen's dating this older man. And she's oh, a gold she's digger. And... Some crazy guy on the side that Tamara was best friends with. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. this, the whole thing was messed up, you know? I think, Absolutely. I think that definitely the whole thing with you and Jeff calling you a gold digger and, and that side, I think that the producers really played on because it was an easy target for the other women. Mm -hmm. And... It, you know, it brings it back to kind of the producers and editing. And do you think that part of your life, you know, you being a successful real estate agent, you, you know, you, you, had, you kind of grew up a little bit fast and you, you made it for yourself and you were settled. Do you think that it was purposefully maybe ignored to give you that storyline or that image of, oh, well, you know, um, what did Tamara say? Like, hide your daddies. Here comes Gretchen. Like it, it was your, it was your... It was your image that the producers decided to give you. And sadly, they have to give the audience what they want. So yeah. I understand. I'm not mad at producers for this. I just am mad at myself that I was naive to the process back then. And by the way, they look for girls like me that are very naive to it, that are just like, oh my gosh, let's go to lunch and have champagne. And then you get your ass ringed and yeah. then you're like, TV. And they're like, yes, we got gold TV here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they look for the very innocent um, you know, like girls like that. Yeah. And so I, you know, I walked into it and it, you know, it, they just, they loved it because they definitely have a narrative and they have what is called the arc of the story. And yeah. they want to portray each, like they have each person that they cast as a certain person. Like they would be like, okay, Alexis is our Christian Bible beating girl. Yeah. Tamara's the mean girl. You know, Vicky's the crazy workaholic that like, you know, is just crazy doing all these things yeah. all the time. Whatever. And then, you know, Gretchen is this, you know, 
gold digger and, you know, Heather's fancy pants or whatever they come up with and they kind of pigeonhole you into this category. And so now that they've kind of characterized who your demeanor, who you're going to be, now they have to tell the story and that's called the arc of the story. And so how they have to do that is they have to create the storyboard of your life, whether it's true or not. And by the way, you sign a contract that says that they're allowed to portray you in a false manner. So, oh, wow. oh, so some behind the scenes tea. Yeah. I didn't know that. They, what your contract says is that they're allowed to do those things. You and sign so your life away. You do. You literally make, you sign a deal with the devil. Literally. When you're, when you're doing a reality show like that. And, um, and it's just, it's hard. But, but what's strange and what sucks, because, you know, those are the sort of things, you know, I did contracts my whole life with, with real estate. So, you know, you, yeah. I, hand picked through that contract and you know went through it with a fine tooth comb and looked at every detail so I I called up the producers and I was like wait a minute wait a minute wait like I need this part of the contract cut out this is not okay I'm not okay with this yeah and they're like oh you know that's just boilerplate plate stuff no that doesn't happen trust me we're never gonna do it they say that they can record you without you knowing that all of this wow and I was just like like I'm not okay with this and they're like no 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 that just it's just there just in case you know to protect us but I promise you none of that ever happens well that's exactly what happens yeah (laughs) yeah so you know unfortunately the people in that business like they're really good at lying to you (laughs) yeah it's and I and I think that when you joined I think you joined in season four you know OC was the first franchise and so it wasn't like it is today where everyone, oh, that's housewives. Oh, it's all these women fighting around a dinner table. Back then it was like, well, you get to hang out with like six girls and go to Mexico. And and yeah. it's like, oh, how fun. And, and so there's, it's, I think that reality TV back then and today is very different because everyone now knows what it is. Back then it wasn't such a, not, not that it was like 20 years ago, but like 10 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't like this salacious, everyone knew what it was. It was supposed it was to be reality uncharted territory, yeah. Totally yeah, uncharted. And, and you're absolutely right about that. And I think that's where, you know, I'm a little frustrated or disappointed in what ended up happening was because you're right. Reality TV wasn't as salacious as, as it is. And honestly, I really do feel like my story was a little bit of the catapult for them realizing like, oh, we can make a really good salacious TV here because for sure. a lot of people started tuning into Housewives because of that story of who of what was going on and the story they wanted to tell about me and, you know, oh, cheating on my dying fiance who's in the hospital. I mean... Yeah, it's like a soap that, opera. Yeah, just the stuff that they made up. I mean, a lot of people don't even remember this, but like, I was cast and on the show way before Bethany Frankel was, you know, like, oh. uh, Mark didn't even come out until after I had filmed and we had started to air. So it's like I was one of, you know... The leading ladies. I was the original because obviously I wasn't, but I was one of, like, the first group of people that really started helping that show get a lot of momentum. And I should say the story that they wanted to, you know, make up about me was one of the things that got the momentum going. And if you notice from there on, a lot of these just very salacious stories started happening within Mm -hmm. franchise, and it just continued to get more salacious and more salacious because as I said, you know, and I don't blame producers in the network as much for this as, you know, what the audience wants. It's supply and demand. The audience wants yeah. it. They, 
wanted the more bickering and fighting and, you know, oh, oh my God, this person, she's being accused of doing drugs and this person's being accused of that. And that. Yeah. It's like that's what they wanted. So they had to keep elevating, you know, the stories of this. And then it got to a point, I believe, that the women were willing to do and say anything to keep their paychecks. And that's when I finally was like, I'm out. Yeah. It just got to the point where I, I mean, they did it with me on my first season and I pushed through it and I fought through it. And, you know, thank goodness the next few seasons, they actually started to portray me of who I actually was to some degree. Yeah. And, um, but, but that last season for me, when the whole thing went, went, came back around again and they wanted to bring up that past after I'd been eight years in court against this guy, I'd proven my case, I'd proven my, you know, um, you're still a cheater. You're still a gold digger. Yeah, oh, you're wearing proven that all of those things weren't true. Literally yeah. went to jury trial and, and proved that this guy, you know, with the forensic people in there showing that he doc, you know, um, what's the word? I'm, I can't think of the word right now where he doctored the pictures. And oh yeah. He, for, uh, he forfeited yeah. or, um, yeah. forged, forged. That's the word. Yeah. Like I, I literally had to do all of this stuff. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend myself and the network knew that the producers knew that everybody knew that and yet they still allowed these women to go oh but what about this and i'm like you gotta be kidding me. yeah <laughs> ridiculous like i literally just proved in the court of law that this wasn't true and you're still allowing these women to show these pictures that are, are were proven to not be they're real. fake yeah everything was not even real and so I just finally at that point, I said, I'm done. Like, I'm so You're out, done. yeah. It's not, this is not right. Like, you literally are allowing people's real lives to be destroyed because of the content that you want to make for TV. And on top of that, you know, people like Tamara, I believe, were willing to do and say anything to keep their paycheck. And I just, I don't think that's right. I just don't think it's right. It is a bit of a, a minefield. And I think that... You know, towards the end of your time on the show, it was definitely, I I mean, I would almost feel like after working with these producers, after working with these women for how many years, and then you, it's like full circle back to the same, you're a gold digger, why are you wearing Jeff's ring, you want attention, and it, it almost must feel like, I mean, everyone watching is like, oh, like that's, it's what's going on. You must think to yourself, well, it's kind of like, a betrayal because like you moved past all this stuff and the producers are kind of maybe maybe resurfacing it resurfacing it and it's like well i thought we moved past that you know what are you trying to hurt me and it must it must have felt um like you're being targeted a little bit and i'll tell you exactly why people don't know but you know i went in because i i was like okay and i gave the producers the benefit of the doubt i'm like okay you know what maybe they don't really know the severity of what has gone on and how this guy is like literally stalked and harassed me and i can say this because i have charges against him for stalking and harassing so because i had to prove wow. it so you know this guy literally broke into my home he um he literally threatened my life he literally took lug nuts off of my car he lit like Whoa. i was legitimately being threatened and Absolutely. so the fact that they continue to condone that type of behavior which by the way in today's world with the me too movement and all the shit that's going down now yeah that would not stand um but the fact that um and and laws have changed around you know pictures being disseminated and all this stuff that didn't you know protect me back then yeah um 
the truth is, is that I sat down with producers and I brought a gigantic, huge Tupperware box of all of the paperwork from the lawsuit and everything we were going through. And I sat in that uh, office with them and I said, look, I don't know if you guys know the seriousness of this, but this is a really serious situation. And I showed them all this. I showed them the past five restraining orders this guy had and how he continues to do this to women and continues to harass and continues to do the stuff that he does. And I showed it to them. And I showed them all of it, and they were like, wow, we had no idea. And I was like, I didn't think so. So I, so it was kind of one of those moments that I was like, I feel like we had a come-to-Jesus moment. And I just yeah. said, look, I understand you guys want to make salacious TV. That's fine. But, like, this is a lot deeper than what you want to do for TV. This is my life being threatened. This is my family being threatened. This is costing me hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, this is not storyline, you know, for your show. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they, at that reunion, allowed those women to resurface that stuff and bring it up, knowing full well, and actually, to tell you the truth, they were now party to disseminating false and incorrect things and re-disseminating pictures that were that were already proven to not be real. Wow. So... Did you feel backstabbed? Well, I mean, of course. How can you not? I mean, because it, it, sure. it almost is like... You know, you went in there to prove your case, and here are all my receipts, and you know, make a TV show. But but this is not just TV; it's my life. And they almost then kind of turned around and thought, "Well, now we got the real stuff." Like and now, I, but I almost think it's interesting because I would have thought there would have been like, you know, this is it's almost a better storyline of you know, this is her real life. Like she's genuinely being threatened. You know, let's bring that to light. Do something to kind of bring awareness to what the dangers of what can happen to women. <laughs> and instead, they went. No, no, we're just gonna push her under the rug and yeah. And that's really not what their what their job is. As a matter of fact, I remember meeting with one of the producers at one point, and we were we were like, "Look, this like here's the truth. Like, why aren't you doing?" It? They're like, "We're not a news organization. We don't. Oh. It's not our job to make sure the truth gets out." And oh. when, because the reason that they say that is because they want the water cooler conversation, where they're like, "Are you team? You know, oh. Heather." Team Gretchen, are you Team Tamara? Are you Team Gretchen? That's what yeah. they want. They want the water cooler conversation where you question, where you walk away. Is did she do it or did she not? Because if they tell the truth, then there's no story. It's like, oh, oh okay, there's the truth. Bummer. Yeah, gotcha. I don't get it. So again, it's like in some ways, I can't be. You know, I I understand their job. That's their job. I get it, and that's what the network requires. Is like, give us the salacious juice. I get it. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a line drawn when it comes to when it actually infiltrates so much into your real life where your life is now being threatened. I think that's when they took it too far. Absolutely. And the fact, and if you notice on that reunion, that very last reunion, because our lawyers sent letters, and this was part of the reason that I um, exited from Housewives, our lawyers sent letters after they pulled that shit with me at the reunion. Yeah. And I said, look, I've been nothing but you know, an uh, uh, awesome cast member for you. I'm not hard on the system. I, I play by the rules and da-da-da. But you are taking this too far. And here's all the reasons why. And now you guys are actually, you know, uh, re-disseminating these photos, which you could be pulled into the lawsuit because of that. And because of that letter, um, that's when... And I said to him, I'm not coming back to the show until you, like, fix this because this is just not okay. Yeah. And so... Um, I basically had given them notice that I wasn't going to be returning. And um, if you notice that reunion, they actually blurred all the images. Oh, yeah, they, that's that's true. They, they did. They did not. And they did that because they felt that that was a way to protect them. 
Wow. See, come on. Ugh, that's just it's it's a, it's a little disgusting actually. It's really sad. It is it's cutthroat. It's disgusting. Do you with the knowledge that you have now, if you could go back in time, would you still go on to the show? You know, I get asked that question a lot and I do struggle with that answer because, you know, there's so many great things that have come out of the show and I do have to say that I I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God, and I believe that God gives us things in our lives for for reasons. And so, yeah, um, you know, my my knee jerk reaction would be like, yeah, no, I wish I never did it because I do think it brought a lot of heartache and a lot of you know issues in my life that you know I just I just never anticipated having to go through. Yeah, um, especially you know six hundred thousand dollars in in you know fighting court battles with this guy and you know the heartache of that and you know just the the night terrors and my hair falling out and all the stuff that happened in that process like I'm very sad about that but yet at the same time when I found out that guy had had you know multiple restraining orders before that and that all these women because we ended up speaking with some of these women they were just like oh my gosh I didn't have the means or the voice to speak up it was like that was me having my me too moment back yeah. then was because I said enough's enough. This guy's got to be stopped. Like this is this is ridiculous. Like he can't keep doing this to women. So I fought. I feel like on behalf of many women out there that felt like they've always they've been backed into a corner. Maybe didn't have the financial means to fight or whatever. And that's why I did it. And I and I believe that you know people watching me go through that and and see the women try to torture me and you know be mean to me and make up stuff about me. I believe because of all the messages and DMs and texts and emails and everything that I've received over the years, I really believe God used me to really help women realize that, like, it doesn't matter what people are throwing at you. You stay true to who you are, and you will come out on top. And I really believe that I have. I mean, most of those women that were accusing me of things really didn't end up having the best life. You know, they all accused me and said having a fake relationship. Most of those women are divorced now. Oh. So, you know, it's just stuff like that. And and I do feel that through this platform, I gain so many incredible followers and people through social media that I connect with on the yeah. daily. And I continue to get to be a witness to and, you know, share the real narrative of my life and who I am. And I, on the daily, get, you know, DMs and messages about how I've helped somebody with something. So that's where I feel like, no, I don't regret it. But yeah, sure. Do I do it? Am I sad I had to go through so much heartache and everything? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But it, you, I mean, obviously you're very, very strong and it's, you're, it's very powerful and very moving to know, you know, kind of that behind the scenes a little bit, just how much was happening and that I, I wish the show had put that on a little bit more so we could have seen it, but it's good that it can kind of come out now and that you've been able to I guess, kind of restore the reputation that was wrongfully taken from you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I wish they had too. And I actually, when I went in and met with producers, I that's kind of the story that I had spoke with them about. You know, I shouldn't say the story because it was my life, but that was the narrative that I was hoping that maybe they might take that side of what was happening in my life and share. And um, they just didn't have interest. And, and the truth is, is I don't, I just don't know if that makes enough salacious tv for them and you know at the end of the day they have advertisers they have to hit certain ratings and that's what it's about so like again 
I can't be too mad because I signed up for it. But, you know, I do believe I signed up for it under false pretenses and being told something different than what it really ended up being. So, but once you sign a contract, you sign a contract. You're locked in. <laughs> it's tough, you know, and it's tough. And I'm, I'm also not going to lie, once you get into it, and once you start having all the fun perks and all the things that come along with it, because by the way, you know, I'm making this sound negative. There was a ton of great perks and a ton of really fun things that yeah. I had to do along the way. And once you kind of are in it, it's like, it's hard to just be like, okay, I'm going to walk away from it all because there's just so many fun things that you do get to do and experience. But after that, you know, that last reunion, that last reunion, I just, it was, I remember sitting at the top of my stairs. I was literally like curled up in a ball. Oh. crying and I looked at Slade and I said I'm gonna literally like wake up and have like some ailment on my body or something like something horrible is gonna happen because it's eating me alive um this the this, atmosphere you know, the environment yeah the atmosphere the environment the falsities that that they continue to put out there about me because I really do I take a lot of pride in who I am as a person and um, you know, when, when things are manipulated and twisted so much and, um, you know, it's just, it was hard yeah. for me. Some girls have no problem with it. They're just like, yep, say whatever you want. I don't care. Make it up. And that's awesome for them that they could handle that. But for me, I just, my, you know, who I am, I take a lot of pride in that. So it was just, it was, it was too hard on me. It was too hard on my soul. Cause it was so against the grain of who I was as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was hard to watch sometimes. Um, some of the, the cast members on the show, but also a lot of like fans and viewers. I think that the producer succeeded in getting a lot of the viewers to believe that you were some sort of a victim and you always had something against you. And it was like, oh, Gretchen, she just feels hurt all the time and she's the victim. But in reality, they you weren't were. showing, you were, you, they weren't showing what was going on with this guy in court, ex-boyfriend, all the, all the trouble that went on. It was more of like, well, Tamara's calling you out at the reunion and, oh, she must be lying. But really, it was never the lawsuits and the, the legal paperwork and the stock. It was never explored. And I think that they used that to to give the viewers a false idea of... Because you were, you were genuinely were hurt, but it was because they were portraying you inaccurately. But they twisted it to just, oh, she's just overly sensitive type of thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and by the way, like I said, they feed off that. They feed off of those innocent people that come in and are very, you know, green or naive or whatever word you want to use. Um, and they just, you know, you walk in and you're like, oh, this is going to be fun. And, you know, and it's like they never really wanted to show, like, the stuff, the good stuff. They never really, like, like perfect example. Gosh, this one, this one killed me. You know, I had really great relationships with a lot of the showrunners and a lot of the people that worked on the show. And yeah. A couple of the guys actually went to bat for me, and and lo and behold, surprise, they got canned too. <gasps> um, wow. but, the, but the fact is, is that um, I remember when I went and did my Pussycat Doll performance. And yeah. I was so yep. proud of that moment. That was a really, really exciting moment for me. And I and I went, and I even remember like Tamara, who doesn't ever hardly pay anybody a compliment, even said to me afterwards, she was like wow, like, I was really impressed. You were really good. And I was like, thank you. And, you know, listen, I know I'm not Christina Aguilera. I'm yeah. Kind of, okay, like, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, like, all of a sudden become a mega superstar, nothing. But I really enjoyed that. That was a really great, fun performance for me. And this showrunner came up to me and 
Well, it was later on because when they aired it, I couldn't even watch the episode because everyone's like, oh my God, it was so horrible, da da da. And I remember later on, you know, talking to the showrunner and I was just like, why did, why did you guys do that to me? Like, I know you know that that performance didn't sound like that. Like, why would you do that? And, and he was like, look, he's like, uh, I know for a fact what they did was they pulled, they, they pulled, like they separated the vocals from the music and then they overplayed them so that they sounded really off. <gasps> wow. And what? Like, yeah, and it's like the manipulations like that, that that they would do, and I would just be like, why do they want to do that to me? And it's like, and here's the thing, of course they don't want you to go on there and look good and like look like you can actually sing and do that, because that, again, doesn't make good TV, yeah. you know? If I was a singer beforehand, and I had good music like an Erica Jane or a Candy, you can't do that to them, because they already are well-known, and people have seen them perform, and people have done, you know, already been there and seen it, so you can't get away with it with people like that, but someone like me, who's never really done that, of course they can do that, because there's nothing to compare it to, and so when when the a showrunner told me that I was just devastated I was just like man you know like could they just for one second give me just like a moment and I regret to this day so much that I didn't have my own videographer there filming it so yes. that I, I at least had a good memory in my head of what actually went down that day you know and again I'm not saying I was freaking Christina Aguilera I'm not yeah. voice in the world but I certainly know that the way that they portrayed it on the on the show is not how it came out so. You know, I honestly didn't think you did that bad. I, I had heard on Twitter, oh, she went to Vegas and she tried to be a singer. And there's always that idea of, oh, a housewife who wants to be a singer. It's just, it's not going to go very well. And it was interesting because everyone enjoyed, I, I think everyone enjoyed themselves on that little mini trip. But I think it was interesting that, you know, to your face, everyone was like, you did so great. We're so proud of you. And then I think, you know, in the confessional, it was it was like, you know, wow. It was like, she's a singer now? Like, how, how much of that is real? Like, how much of the reality TV that you film is actually shown? Is it just all edited like that to... Well, get- let, me give you, let me give you an example. So, for every 75 hours that are filmed, you each girl gets eight minutes a week on the show. So wow. 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 No, of course it's going to be the most salacious eight minutes of your life. So, for instance, you know, we could all be sitting down and we could be having a, you know, a conversation, at a dinner party, let's say. We're at a dinner party and we have an amazing, wonderful conversation for three hours and it's great and we're all laughing at that. And then somebody brings up politics and let's say you're, you know, uh, for Trump and I'm for Obama or whatever, vice versa, right? Yeah. And then the, 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 the whole thing goes sideways, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what they're going to show. And then they're going to take that little part that gets a little messy and they could even manipulate that more. So let me give you a couple examples. So for instance, let's say I walk out and I'm in a sexy, like low cut top or yeah. know, I like, yeah. no, let, let me reverse that. Let's say that, um, I walk out and sleep like checking me out. He's like, oh, babe, you look hot. But let's say one of somebody else or a girl or a cast member or somebody walks in and they have a low-cut top. They're going to probably make it look like he's checking her out and looking at her breasts rather than what's really happening or whatever. Like, they've been known to do that. Um, and so it's just stuff like that that you're like, really? Like, really? And I, and I, there was a couple times I had a couple of these girls 
call me and they're like, I swear to God, when I was talking in that confessional, I was not talking about you. I was talking about so-and-so, but they cut it to make it look like I was talking about you. Wow. Um, yeah, so they would really, they had a lot of control over, you know, puppeteering who didn't like who and who was saying what and da 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 And, um, you know, at least from my experience, I saw a lot of that go down. And, you know, and you've heard the rumblings throughout the years of cast members being upset. I mean, yeah. you know, even Tamara last year, she came out and was like, I was edited, yes, or what? You know, Vicky said it before, and, you know, Heather said it before. All of us have had our moments where we're like, you got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. Like, they totally manipulated that. Um, but that's that's just part of the business. And that's, that's what they do, because otherwise... You know, some scenes will be really boring. Yeah, <laughs> they have to. It's they have to pick the moment that they're going to put in the preview, so that everyone's tune in next week to see Heather and Tamara and Gretchen gang up on Alexis at Tamara's gym opening. Like, it, yeah. it's 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 moments like those that they're using for or, the ads. Or, by the way, by the way, if you notice, a lot of those trailers it sucks you in because like it will be like I, I just recently saw something on Beverly Hills where. Like, Lisa Rinna looked like she was going off on, like, Kyle or something. And the way they cut it looked like she was, like, going off on, on somebody, on, like, somebody in the cast. But then when you actually watch the episode, she was talking to somebody totally else. Oh. Somebody else. And so you look at the trailer and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, I remember what it was. I totally remember. Um, it looked like Lisa Rinna was saying something about... Um, Kyle and like her sister or something. And yes. It was, like, yep. So mean. It was like so mean in the way the preview and the trailer showed it. And then when you actually saw the the thing, it was like, oh, it wasn't as bad as like. It yeah. To be. And you're like, dang, they like totally sucked me in with that trailer. That that's not even who the Lisa Rinna was talking to or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's stuff like that that again I I'm not mad. To the degree that, like, that's their business. That's what they have to do. That the audience wants to see that. I get it. But I think looking back, you know, reality TV to me, quote unquote, was not really reality TV. It was. It should should have been more called salacious TV because it literally, you know, um, you know, just just made your, the moments in your life just so much more salacious than what was actually happening. For sure. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's also a lot of salacious moments, don't get me wrong, there was definitely some real fights that went down, some stuff that, you know, happened, for sure, but, you know, there was definitely the other moments, too, that you were like, wow, they, they were really good at figuring out a way to manipulate that, you know, perfect example yeah. of my pussycat doll performance, so. There you go. Were there any moments with the other women that you thought, oh, they're definitely going to show that, or, or are there any moments, or or arguments or good times that come to mind that you are still shocked that weren't used or weren't capitalized on in filming? Oh, gosh. <laughs> think really back, think back. Because, you know, you got to remember now, this is... This is a few years ago. Or something like that, yeah. Um, I don't know off the top of my head if I can remember anything that I was like, wow, I can't believe they didn't use that or didn't show that. I mean, there was definitely a lot of times that I was bummed that they didn't air something, for sure. Yeah. You know? And I think I would always get bummed when they wouldn't show any of, you know, uh, the philanthropies, you know, work yeah. that I would do or anything like that. Like, any charity work, any stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think those things made me sad. But, again, it's not that interesting or salacious. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, you can't be mad about that stuff. I, You know what I think? I think I just wish that they showed a little bit more 
equalness. Um, yeah, like just it was. I wish there was a little more well-rounded in the sense of like, okay, look, they can because I feel like they do that a lot of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're really good with the Beverly Hills girls showing kind of full circle, like every aspect of their life. Whereas on OC, I didn't feel like they ever really did that as much, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting to see because it's the same production company, so it's interesting to see how they allow some the of differences. The, yeah, the different franchises to, to be seen in different ways, you know? I don't know. For sure. Did uh, any of the housewives congratulate you on the birth of your daughter? Are you still in contact with any of them? Do you still keep in touch with any of them? Yeah, so um, so really the only person that I don't really communicate with, obviously, is Tamara. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I understand. Should say, I should say the and more and a lot some of the like newer ones, like Shannon, I, I never filmed with, and I only knew her for a heartbeat. You know? Yeah. Like I met her party and and then you know a week later she was like back on team tamra and like hated me because of that or whatever but i've never had a problem with shannon um bronwyn and i had a very quick interaction that you know she went out and lied to the press about so I was yeah pretty about that one got and her in well, trouble got her in trouble yeah got her in so much trouble but like the woman literally contacted me asked to go out and meet with me brought me a gift for my unborn child was pregnant at the time a really nice gift by the way Told me how much she loved me and like watched me for years. Um, wow! On the show, I gave her advice, and then she goes out and like does all this shit on the show and was like, "I regret so much." And then Gretchen reached out to me and like totally fully lied about all this stuff. And I was like, "Dude, what is up with you?" And like, I literally took my time out to come meet with you, and was I believe very generous to come and take my time out to meet you. Which, by the way. The manager that had reached out to me that said, hey, can you talk to my friend or whatever? Yeah. I told him no. Wow. And he was like, please do me do me a solid, da, da, da. And I was like, look, I just don't want to be involved. I go, every time I'm involved with that show, like, it always comes and bites me in the ass. And he's like, just do me a solid. She's a really nice girl, da, da, And so I was like, oh. So, so Bronwyn actually texted me, and I didn't even respond. And then I finally responded because I felt guilty, like, a week <laughs> later. And... Um, and then I went and took my time to meet her. So it actually really hurt my feelings. I just thought it was really uncool. She um, kind of used it, you. Yeah, I felt very used. And honestly, the saddest part is when I left there, um, <laughs> the one thing I said to her, literally, my, my biggest piece of advice to her was like, hey, um, I really think you probably shouldn't let the girls know that you wanted to meet with me or that you met with me because I don't think it's going to work in your favor. Like I oh. literally forewarned her of that. And by the way, when I met her, well, I, I'd say you could ask her, but at this point, she clearly lied about it. So, yeah. But I didn't even talk badly about the women, which you know I had a lot of juice to give her. Yeah. Absolutely. So I you could have sat down and been like, well, let me give you the rundown on Tamara yeah. and Vicky and. Yeah. And yeah. So much stuff. And the only thing I said to her as an overall general blanket was you can't really trust anybody on the show because at some point they're going to stab you in the back. Like, exactly. I didn't say this person in particular, that person. I literally did it as a general statement to the woman. And so, um, so the fact that, you know. It was flipped. Yeah, you know, the fact that she, like, did that, I just, you know. And the thing that's sad is I really liked her. Like, we started talking all about kids. And, and I was like, wow, this chick is really kind of cool, you know. Like, yeah. 
hang out with her with the kids and obviously she's had a lot of experience with kids and and then she was like come on let's go out to dinner and she was like inviting me to do dinner with her and her husband like all the stuff so it was like I wasn't like actively trying to like pursue a, a friendship with her if anything it was the other yeah. way around so the fact that she did that was really hurtful but again that all comes down to you know Tamara yeah being in front of the cameras and and well, it comes down to Tamara being, you know, pissed oh. off and people being afraid of Tamara. And so, you know, then she has to make up a line. You know, I think it's going to be really interesting this season to see how the show is without her. I, mean, I really think it's going to be a lot better. Are you surprised that Vicky and Tamara aren't coming back this season? Thank you for listening to part one of our interview with Gretchen Rossi. We won't keep you waiting. Stop by tomorrow for part two. To stay updated, follow us on Instagram at the.rumor.mil. Follow us on Twitter at TRM Updates and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Rumor Mill. Stay tuned.